56, the old rugged cross. On a hill far away stood an old rugged cross, the emblem of suffering and shame. And I love that old cross where the dearest and best for a world of lost sinners was slain. So I'll cherish the old rugged cross till my trophies at last I lay down. I will cling to the old rugged cross and exchange it someday for a crown. On the last verse. Take your Bibles, turn to Hebrews chapter 1. Hebrews chapter 1. We're going to start a new series tonight on the book of Hebrews. And I think you're going to enjoy it. Tonight, actually, I'm going to use a little bit of uh, current events to help you even a little bit of what's going on. Uh, but I want to want to introduce the book of Hebrews and show you a little bit about it, and uh, I think it'll begin to make some sense to you. Uh, the book of Hebrews is just one of those amazing books. If I had, someone once asked me, if you could only have five books of the Bible, and you could only choose five books of the Bible, what would you take? And I said Psalms, Proverbs, Romans, Galatians, and Hebrews. Those would be the five books of the Bible that I would choose. Uh, all of the major doctrines of the Bible, uh, and I'll, I'll show you some things about Hebrews here in a moment as to why, but Hebrews chapter 1, look at verse number 1. God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets. Notice that statement. God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake. Okay, diverse manners spake. Hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds, who being in the brightness of his glory, in the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high, being made so much better than angels, as he hath by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. Now, look at me for a moment. I'm going to introduce this, and then you'll see some things here. The book of Hebrews, as I've said, is one of my favorite books of the Bible. I, this is not, this is me talking. I call it a synopsis of the Old Testament in the New Testament. The book of Hebrews kind of goes through all of the Old Testament and folds it all together and gives you kind of a, a one-book quick study of the whole Old Testament. And that's really what Hebrews is all about. But more than that, it's God explaining all of the Old Testament uh, after the coming of the Savior, the birth, the death, the resurrection, and the beginning of what we would call, some would call the church age. So it's, it's everything in the Old Testament 
the fulfillment of it with Jesus, and the hereafter. Now, uh, this is important. (laughs) It is about the Hebrew race, not about the Jewish religion. This is not a book of Jewish religion. God did not set... uh, Brother Barnes, can I get a little bit more on this? For some reason, it's just not got any juice to it, and my voice is just a tad raspy. Uh, This is not a book about, uh, that's a little better, just a little bit more, give me a little treble and a little bit more volume, and we'll be in good shape. I'll provide the bass necessary, amen? Uh, But uh, it's not about the Jewish religion. Matter of fact, thank you, Brother Barnes, just leave it right there. You can come back up and sit up front where the blessing comes out, amen? The word Jew or the word Jewish is never mentioned in the book of Hebrews. You will never see the word Jew or Jewish mentioned in the book of Hebrews. So it has absolutely nothing to do with the religion of a people. By the way, did you know that all Hebrews are not Jews? Just like all Americans are not Baptists. Now, the farther south you go, the more there are. But uh, (laughs) just like in America, not everybody is the same. And we have to understand God set aside a nation or a race of people. And the book of Hebrews is about the race or the nation of people that God set aside as his chosen people. Now, (laughs) the book of Hebrews shows how God used Israel and how he took care of them from its inception to present day. Okay? Now, listen to this very carefully. It was the nation God chose to bring his only begotten son into the earth through. That's what made it a special nation. Now, it had to be a new nation in order to trace the kingly throne all the way back through as God's chosen nation. You see, God couldn't have picked up with nations that were already here because there was a kingly line already established in those nations. And God did not want to bring the only begotten son through the wrong lines. He wanted to start his own nation of people. Now, the book of Hebrews, by the way, uh, that made them God's chosen people. The book of Hebrews ties together the Old and the New Testaments. They often say this, read the book of Genesis, then read the book of Hebrews. Read the book of Exodus, read the book of Hebrews. Read the book of Leviticus, read the book of Hebrews. Read the book of uh, Numbers, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, and read the book of Hebrews in between each one of those. And those five books of the Bible will start making a whole lot more sense to you. And uh, you say, well, preacher, wouldn't I get tired of reading the book of Hebrews? No, you might understand it a little bit more. Uh, it's, a, <laughs> it's a book of the Bible. 
listen to this statement, that the Jewish religion should read, but they refuse to read. Did you know the Jewish religion will not read the book of Hebrews? You say, why, preacher? Because <laughs> they'd find out their religion is wrong. You see, their religion has become their God instead of Jehovah. And they would rather fixate on their traditions and on their ceremonies and on their holy days and on their sacraments and all the other things and deny Jesus as Savior. They deny that Jesus was the Messiah, the Son of God, incarnate. My Bible says in 1 John chapter 5, num- uh, look at 1 John chapter 5, verse number 1. I'm going to make a statement here, and it's very important that you see this so that you know it's what God says and not just what some preacher says. Because I'm fixing to make a statement that is going to be very strong. Fixing. I haven't used that word in a while. Amen. I've been in the South too much in the last few days. Fixing to, amen? First uh, John 5, verse number 1. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Now watch this. And every one that loveth him, that begat him, loveth him also that is begotten of him. By this we know we love the children of God when we love him and keep his commandments. Uh, and you have to understand, God says that you have to be right on the doctrine of Jesus. Go back to 1 John chapter 4. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God, because there are many false prophets gone out into the world. Hereby know ye the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. That this, and this is that spirit of Antichrist. Whereof you have heard that it should come, and even now already is in the world. Now, everybody look at me. If you're wrong on the doctrine of Jesus, God said it's of the doctrine of the devil or Antichrist, correct? If the, if the Jewish religion doesn't believe that Jesus is the Messiah, it's false religion. I didn't say it, God did. If you're wrong on the doctrine of Jesus, you're wrong on everything. The Jewish religion is wrong because it's wrong on the doctrine of Jesus. This is why, now listen to this very carefully. This is why laying Christianity on top of Judaism is foolish. We ought not be bringing Judaism into Christian or Baptist churches. You say, why? Because you're bringing false religion in. Well, Jesus was a Jew. No, he was a Hebrew. He's never been a Jew. He was a Baptist. Well, how do you know? Who baptized him? John the... That wasn't his last name. 
There was no such thing as a Catholic or a Methodist or Presbyterian or uh, a Muslim. Well, there was Muslims, but they didn't have their religion the same uh, at the time. And uh, on and on and on and on. All those things came much, 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 much later. See, Jesus wasn't a Jew. No, he was a Hebrew. You see... <laughs> You're not going to understand Christianity and the Bible studying Jewish tradition. I've been offered three times to go to Israel. I've never gone. I had one guy willing to pay my trip. I said, don't need to go there. I got a Bible. What do I need to go over there for? Well, you can see all the things. I said, I can see them in a book. I said, most everything's been taken over by the Catholics and you don't know if it's right or not. I said, how about I wait till the millennium and I'll let Jesus show me around. He said, aren't you going to go to Israel and take a holy land trip? It's not the holy land. Now, it's full of holes right now because they're bombing the snot out of it. But uh, you have to understand, you're not going to understand Christianity with Jewish traditions and Jewish customs. The Seventh-day Adventists are wrong say what it's a cult because they're wrong on jesus and they've tried to bring judaism back into christianity the two don't mix uh, that's why the mormons and the catholics are wrong and i could go on and on and on and on christians have no business trying to experience spirituality based on jewish traditions I'm going to say something here. I don't think it's wise to try to bring Passover into Easter. I don't think it's wise to bring some of the, uh, what we would call mainline denomination uh, that are borderline Jewish and Christian mixed stuff and bring it all together and, and say, well, we're doing it just like Jesus did. Do you realize Jesus said, don't celebrate Passover, do the Lord's Supper. Doesn't sound like he was keeping the, the Jewish traditions, does it? Nope. Everybody doing okay? All right, now, let's start our journey into the book of Hebrews. Everybody smile. It's okay. God's not going to strike you dead, I promise, all right? Uh, now, God used Abraham... To be the beginning of the Hebrew nation. I want you to take your Bibles. Go to the book of Genesis. Go all the way back to the book of Genesis chapter number 12. Genesis chapter 12. That's about page 20 in most of your Bibles. Uh, Genesis chapter 12. And I want you to look at verse number 1. Genesis chapter 12 verse number 1. Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, from thy father's house, unto a land that I, what's the next word? Will show thee. That's future tense, correct? Hasn't seen it yet. And I will make of thee a great what? Okay, underline that word in your Bible. A nation. And I will bless thee and make thy name great, 
Thou shalt be a blessing, and I will bless them that bless thee, and curse them that curseth thee, and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. Notice he didn't say, I will make of thee a great religion. He said, I will make of thee a great what? Nation. Look down to chapter 14. Chapter 14, look at verse number 13. And there came one that had escaped and told Abram the what? It didn't say the Jew. The Hebrew. That's a what? Nation. A race. For he dwelt in the plain of Mamre and the Amorite, the brother of Eskel and the brother of Aner. And these were confederate with Abram. Now I want you to notice, do you remember when the children of Israel went back into the land of Israel and they brought food back, the grapes of what? Eskel. Oh. See where it all comes back together here? That was the land that God gave Abraham or Abram as a Hebrew nation. Go to Genesis chapter 39. Genesis chapter 39. Again, I'm laying a foundation that I want you to see on purpose tonight. Genesis chapter 39, look at verse number 14. That she uh, called uh, unto the men of her house and spake unto them, saying, See, he hath brought in an what? Hebrew unto us to mock us. He came in unto me to lie with me, and I cried with a loud voice. This is in reference to Joseph. Joseph is the great-grandson of Abraham. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph. Ready? See, that was brought the Hebrew to mock us, verse 15. And it came to pass when he had heard that I lifted up my voice and cried and left his garment with me, and I fled and got him out. And she laid up his garment by her until his Lord came home. And she spake unto him according to these words, saying, The what? Hebrew Hebrew servant, which thou hast brought unto us, came in unto me to mock me. Now look at me. This is four generations later. And they're still being called what? Hebrews, not Jews. Hebrews. This is in the land of Egypt. This is after uh, Joseph had been sold into slavery by his brothers. And Jacob had sent them to Egypt to buy corn. Remember that? Ah, here we go. Look at chapter 41. Look at verse number 12. And there was with, uh, and there was there with us a young man, a what? Hebrew, servant to the captain of the guard, and we told him, and he interpreted to us our dreams, to each man according to his dream did he interpret. That's when Joseph was in prison. Notice they didn't call him the Jew, they called him the what? Hebrew. Look at chapter 43. Genesis chapter 43, look at verse number 30. And Joseph made haste, for his bowels did yearn upon his brother, And sought where to weep, and he entered into his chamber and wept there, and he washed his face and went out and refrained himself and said, Set on bread. They set uh, on for him by himself, and uh, for them, them by themselves, 
and for the Egyptians which did eat with him by themselves, because the Egyptians might not eat bread with the who? Hebrews, for that is an abomination unto the Egyptians. Notice it's talking about a race of people, not a religion of people. Now, God gave to Abraham, he said, I will make thee a great nation. And that nation was called the Hebrew nation. Thus you have in the book of the New Testament called the what? Hebrews. Not the Jews, the Hebrews. It is a nation of people. It is a race of people. And God needed a new nation and a new race of people by which Jesus could be born and there would be one bloodline trackable all the way from beginning to when Jesus got here. And he said, I'm going to choose Abraham to be the father of that nation, not religion. Father of the nation. Now, Hebrews is a race and Jewish is a religion because it was the Jewish religion who hated Christ and killed him. The Jews hate Christianity. Be careful of believing, and I'm, I'm going to make a statement here. Don't, don't challenge me too hard. It's not a true statement all the way across. But when somebody says, well, they're a Messianic Jew, does not mean they're a Christian. They may believe Jesus is who he said he was, but it doesn't mean they're saved. They just believe he was the Messiah. But they're still holding true to all the Jewish traditions. Uh, about a week or two ago, I was watching a little interview of somebody, and they said, well, you are a Messianic Jew. When did you become a Christian? He said, I didn't. He said, just because I believe Jesus is who he said he was doesn't make me a Christian. She was trying to convince him he was a Christian because he believed in Jesus. He said, no, I still hold true to the Jewish religion, but I believe that Jesus is who he said he was. That was the first Messianic Jew I ever heard tell the truth on that publicly. It doesn't mean they're saved. Everybody doing okay? Now, I want to help you with something. Go to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. We're going to use a lot of verses in the New Testament now, so lick your finger. We're not done yet. I want you to understand the Jewish people, the Jewish religion hates Christianity. If we were to go to Israel tonight, they would support us as Americans, but they don't care what your religion is. Now, God's going to protect Israel. Don't you worry. Nobody's been able to whoop up on Israel yet. And little Hamas isn't going to do it. Lebanon's not going to do it. Syria's not going to do it. And China's not going to do it. God has a way of protecting his chosen people. But look at Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 24. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of of Pharaoh's daughter. Why? 
because he was a Hebrew. And you have to understand something. When you get into this thing, uh, they, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer the affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasure of sin for a season. And you have to understand, the world's always hated the Hebrew people. Not the Jewish religion necessarily. It's the Hebrew people. Now, Matthew chapter 26. Go to Matthew chapter 26. Matthew chapter 26. Look at verse number 14. Matthew 26, verse 14. Then one of the twelve, called Judas Iscariot, went unto the chief who? Okay, priests. Is that government or is that religion? That's religion, correct? Now watch this. And said unto them, What will ye give me, and I will deliver him unto you? And they covenanted with him for thirty pieces of silver. Now, you have to understand something. And from that time, he sought opportunity to betray him. Those chief priests were the Jews. I'll show you here in a second. Skip down to verse number 57. Skip down to verse number 57. And they said, uh, and they that laid hold on Jesus led him away to Caiaphas, the what? Okay, underline the statement high priest there, because we're fixing to have a spell here. Where the scribes and the elders were assembled. But Peter followed him off unto the high priest's palace and went in and sat with the servants. To see the end. Now the chief priests and the elders and all the council sought false witness against Jesus to put him to death. Notice this is the Jewish religious leaders, correct? All right. But found none. Yea, though many false witnesses came, yet found they none. And at the last came two false witnesses. And said, this fellow said, I am able to destroy the temple of God and build it in three days. And the high priest arose and said unto him, answerest thou nothing? What is this that these witnesses against thee? But Jesus held his peace. And the high priest answered and said unto him, I adjure thee by the living God that thou tell us whether thou be the Christ, the son of God. Jesus said, saith unto him, thou sayest. Or thou hast said, Nevertheless I say unto you, Hereafter shall ye see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power and coming in the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest rent his clothes, saying, He has spoken blasphemy. What further need have we of witnesses? Behold, now ye have heard this blasphemy. What think ye? They answered and said, He is guilty of death. Then did they spit in his face and buffeted him, the others smote him with the palms of their hands, saying, Prophesy unto us, thou Christ, who is, uh, is he that smote thee? Now I want you to notice something. This is the religious leaders. 
This is the Jewish religious leaders. They didn't like him. Go to Mark chapter 14. Matthew, Mark. Look at Mark chapter 14. Look at verse 53. Mark 14, verse 53. And they led Jesus away to the high priest. And with him were assembled all the chief priests and the elders and scribes. And Peter followed him far off. This is the same account all the way down through verse number 68. I'm sorry, verse uh, 64. And I want you to notice it's the same thing, the same high priest, the same Jewish religious people. Go to Luke chapter 22. Luke chapter 22. I'm not going to read all those verses just because we just read them in the book of Matthew. But Luke 22, look at verse number 1. Now the feast of unleavened bread drew nigh, which is called what? Okay, so is this religion or government? Religion. And the chief priests and the scribes sought how they might kill him, for they feared the people. These weren't good people. Then entered Satan into Judas, surnamed Iscariot, being, uh, being of the number of the twelve. If we uh, skip down to verse 52. Then Jesus said unto the chief priests and the captain of the temple, and the elders which were come to him, Be ye come out as against a thief with swords and staves? When I was daily with you in the temple, you stretched forth no hands against me. But this is your hour and the power <clears throat> of darkness. Then took they him and led him, and brought him unto the high priest's house, and Peter followed afar off. I'm not going to go any farther with that, but I want you to understand something. God promised Abraham to be a nation, and it was the Jewish religion that hated Jesus. By the way, the Jewish religion still hates Jesus. Until the rapture takes place, and the two witnesses come back, and 144,000 of them get saved and start spreading the gospel all over the earth. Not until then will the Jewish people be converted and saved and change their opinion about who Jesus is. Now, who were the fathers of the Hebrew nation? Go back to Hebrews chapter 1. God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets. Who are these fathers? I'm going to give it to you very quickly because I want to get to the next point here. So hang on tight. The fathers of the Hebrew race are Abraham, his son Isaac, his son Jacob, and his son Joseph. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph. These are the fathers of the Hebrew nation. Exodus chapter 3, verses 6, verses 15 through 16. Matthew chapter 22, verse 32. Uh, let's turn to, to, to Acts chapter 3. Acts chapter 3. We'll turn to one of these. Acts chapter 3, look at verse number 13. 
Notice this is in the New Testament. Notice this is right after Pentecost. Notice this is after Jesus goes to heaven. Acts chapter 3 verse 13. The God of Abraham and of Isaac and of Jacob, the God of our fathers, hath glorified his son Jesus, whom ye delivered up and denied him in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. Notice he said the fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Now watch this. <clears throat> this is That would be like saying uh, in America, Washington, Jefferson, Madison, and Franklin, our forefathers. Does that mean they were the only four Americans? No, but these were the fathers of our nation as a whole. Does that make sense? And that would be the terminology that God is using here. Now, watch this. Sarah got ahead of God. God promised Abraham and Sarah a child. And by the time Sarah was 80 and Abraham was 90, amen, they didn't have any children. And Sarah said, well, I'm past the age of having kids. So uh, I'll give you my handmaid. And you can have a child with her, and that will be the promised seed. And there was a child born to this Egyptian lady. Hagar. Her son's name was Ishmael. Ishmael is the father of the Muslim race of people. Turn to Genesis chapter 16. I'm going to take you all the way back here. I want to show you something. This is what's going on in Gaza to this day. This is what's going on in Lebanon and Syria and Turkey and Iran, Iraq, uh, Saudi Arabia. All those nations through there, the, the Muslim nations and all of North Africa, those are all the children of Ishmael. Look at Genesis chapter 16, verse number 11. And the angel Lord said unto her, Behold, thou art with child, thou shalt bear a son, shall call his name Ishmael, because the Lord hath heard, the, uh, heard thy affliction, and he will be a wild man. His hand will be against every man, and every man's hand against him. And he shall dwell in the presence of all his brethren. And she called the name of the, uh, called, uh, the name of the Lord that spake unto her, Thou God seest me. For she said, I have also, uh, here looked after to see me. Wherefore, uh, the well was called Berleahroi. Uh, behold, it is between Kadesh and Berid. And Hagar bare Abram a son, and Abram called his son's name, which Hagar bare Ishmael. And Abraham was fourscore and six years old when Hagar bare Ishmael unto Abram. He was 86 years old. He had Isaac when he was 100. Ishmael was 14 years older than the promised seed. Genesis chapter 17, look at verse number 17. And Abram fell on his face and, and laughed and said in his heart, Shall a child be born unto him that is a hundred years old? Shall Sarah that is ninety years old bear? And Abraham said unto God, Oh, that Ishmael might live before thee. And God said, Sarah thy wife shall bear thee a son indeed. 
Thou shalt call his name Isaac, and I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant, and with his seed after him. And as for Ishmael, I have heard thee. Behold, I have blessed him, and I will make him fruitful, and will multiply him exceedingly. Twelve princes shall he beget, and I will make him a great nation. But my covenant will I establish with Isaac, which Sarah shall bear unto thee at, uh, at this set time in the next year. I want you to notice something. This is the problem between the Muslims and the Jews. The, the Hebrew uh, race is based on uh, age, firstborn. Ishmael was the firstborn, but he wasn't the firstborn of promise. He wasn't supposed to have been born. There are 12 sons of, uh, of Israel. Ishmael had 12 sons. If you went to the Temple Mount today, you'll see a mosque, not a Jewish temple. Say why? Because the Muslims have taken over because they believe that the land of Israel is theirs because Ishmael was born before Isaac. And the problem you have in Gaza today is that very problem. You can thank Abraham and Sarah for not obeying God. And thousands and thousands and thousands of years later, we're still suffering the consequences of two people's disobedience. Think through that for a second. Now, the struggle with Israel and the Muslims today is all about Ishmael when he was 14, was 14 older, years older, but he did not have rights to the land of Israel. He was his own nation of people, not the nation of people God promised to bless. I must hurry. Whew. The book of Hebrews shows how God gave Jesus to man and the bloodline and the promised blessing to a race by which Jesus came. We read Hebrews chapter 1 verses 1 through 4. I'm not going to read them again. How that God did this in many different ways and how he preserved this. I want you to notice verse number uh, 1 again who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in times past by the fathers, by the prophets. How did God speak? Well, that's God's book right there. God gave us the word of God. The words of God to the English-speaking people are in the King James Bible. They are as exactly as they were in heaven when God gave them. Now, uh, that is part of the plan of salvation. You have to have a permanent record. The permanent record is in heaven. This is why Moses argued with God when God wanted to kill all the Hebrews and start over. Do you remember? They had made a golden calf when he came down. And he said, God said, I'm just going to kill them all and start over. And Moses said, you can't do that because you already promised. And you made a promise to Abraham that you would not do that. In the next chapter, 
Moses goes and says, well, you just kill them all. We'll start this mess all over again. God said, I can't do that. <laughs> if they ever agreed on the same day, there would be no Hebrews. Amen. And uh, starting that new bloodline would have taken too long. God spoke the word of God in many ways. And it came to man in many, the Bible says, in diverse uh, manners. He wrote the Bible at times with his finger. You can go to the book of Exodus and find out God took his finger and wrote with his finger in the tables of stone. So one of the ways we got the word of God was God actually writing it with his own finger. There's other places in scripture that say that. I'm just going to fly by this for a second here. There were other times he verbally, he verbally spoke it to people. I mean, out loud. I was reading in Ezekiel the last day or two. Boy, that's a tough read. Uh, but uh, the book of Ezekiel, and over and over and over and over and over, you'll see this statement. And the word of the Lord came unto me, saying. The word of the Lord came to me, saying. In other words, it was being spoken. Uh, there's other times he would speak out loud just to one person. There was other times it was spoken by men of God. And there were other times God gave it to men through dreams and visions. You say, well, I had a dream. Yeah, that God, did, God did away with that when the Bible was complete, just so you know. Dreams and visions no longer are used by God, nor are they spiritual. Let me say that again. Dreams are no longer used by God, nor are they spiritual. Say why? Because we have the revealed word of God, all we need. Well, but preacher, I had a dream. I'm glad you had a dream. It could have been bad pizza before you went to bed. I don't know. But the Pentecostals and Church of God are wrong. God doesn't speak in dreams and visions. Tongues have ceased. Visions have ceased. Dreams have ceased. God does not need to speak to us that way. Man cannot live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. And the moment it was finished being penned, God said, I'm done with it all. If you go through the, the Bible, it says tongues have ceased and dreams have ceased and visions have ceased. And all these things have ceased, but the word of God never faileth, never passeth away. By the way, all of this passed away and God spoke to us the truth and enough truth to keep the old devil away. Do you know every time Jesus fought the devil, he was quoting Old Testament? I guess if the Old Testament's powerful enough chase old smutty face away, it's good enough for us. Well, it's the Old Testament. Yeah. We'll get into that. Jesus came to fulfill the gospel. And all the things of the Old Testament were a prefigure of what Jesus would do. Uh, and when he came, he said, I didn't come to destroy the law I came to fulfill the law. Key word, law, not religion. He said all those things were put together to show you 
what I am doing right now. And after he did it, he said, now go, take it, and take it to everywhere you go. You see, uh, we now have the Bible, and we don't need the sacrifice of animals. We don't need the priesthood. We don't need any of those things. And I'll show you as we study through the book of Hebrews how that the Old Testament priesthood was simply a picture of Jesus. It got perverted into what it is today and even still is today in other religions. That's why you don't go around calling me a priest. Number one, I'm not wearing a dress. I'll put my collar on the right way too. I don't have to put my shirt on backwards to wear it, amen? Uh, I I, I don't... uh, (laughs) And if they really understood the scriptures, they understand... By the book of Hebrews alone, it tells them that the priesthood was done away with because Jesus is our high priest. The Levitical priesthood was done away with and Jesus wasn't even from the tribe of Levi. He was from the tribe of Judah. And he did that so people wouldn't worship the priesthood. And I'll show you in Hebrews where it says that. You see... (laughs) God chose the Hebrew race to be the nation that God blessed with the Messiah to be born from. But the Bible and the truths of the Bible are not just for the Hebrew people. That book is for every human being. He chose one race of people by which to trace the bloodline and the, and the, uh, and the kingly rights all the way back from beginning to Jesus. Say, well, what about after Jesus? Doesn't matter because he's the king of kings. He will sit and rule and reign in in Israel, in Jerusalem, on the new temple mount, and uh, on the throne of David, and we will be there with him, ruling and reigning with him. Don't have to go any farther. That's why I can prove to you that the Jewish religion isn't what God promised to bless. He promised to bless the Hebrew race and the Hebrew nation, the nation of Israel. And i got to quit. Heads are bad, eyes are closed. I'm going to crash land. <clears throat> challenge you. Read the book of Hebrews. I want you to understand it's not a religion. It has nothing to do with a religion. It has everything to do with a nation. Started with Abraham. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph, all of their their forefathers, just like we have in America with others. And God promised to bless this nation, this race of people. Uh, uh, the Hamas has jumped on Israel. Have you noticed how they're not doing so well right now? Lebanon jumped in. They're not doing so well right now. And everybody's a little bit worried. Can tell you why? Because God promised to take care of the nation of Israel. Not Jewish people, the nation of Israel. 